Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys! And Jesse, today we're going to be talking all about our favorite creatures from the Star Wars universe. So that'll be pretty exciting. Yes, I'm excited to talk about these. I feel like I sit and think about Star Wars creatures more than is normal. So (laughs) I'm ready to get it all out. (laughs) Yeah. Before we go into talking about the creatures, though, there are a couple pieces of news that I'd like to discuss, and obviously with COVID, there is no San Diego Comic-Con, and so as we're recording this, it's the 23rd of July, and so a lot of the San Diego Comic-Con stuff is happening now. I think there are some like virtual panels and stuff that people are watching, or some, some online features that you can be a part of. But the biggest thing is the announcements and the merchandise. So some of these are related to the con. Some of them are just, I think, regular announcements that have come out this week. But Jesse, did you see all of the announcements about Target and the Galaxy's Edge merchandise that's coming out? No, I actually have not. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah, so... Target and um, Hasbro are teaming up to produce some really cool Black Series figures. I don't know about, I don't know what all of them are, but I know they're going to make the little droid. I think the uh, the DJ droid, uh, DJ Rex. Um, I know they're doing a Captain Cardinal, which is very exciting because he's from uh, the Phasma book and also um, Black Spire, which we read for our book club book. So it'll be cool to get a Black Series of him. Um, There's also going to be a vintage collection Millennium Falcon that's going to retail for $400, which is absolutely insane. Um, And you can switch it out with, you know, whatever, um, like, sensor dish that you want. And I believe if I read it right, I could be mistaken, but if I read it right, it comes with Hondo, Chewbacca, and a bunch of porks. So is this, like... In relation to the other Black Series figures, like, in size, like, they're going to be, like, it's going to be so huge, because it's $400, that when you put, like, a Han next to it, he'll just be... Well, it's... (laughs) I believe it's to scale with the smaller figures, so it'll be... Okay. Yeah, it's for the vintage collection, so the the three and three quarter inch ones, so it's for that one. So it'll still be pretty huge. Right. Um... But yeah, I think it comes, you know, with with highly detailed paint jobs and some figures and interchangeable sensor dishes and all that stuff, which is crazy. But I believe some of it went up on Target's website already for pre-order. It sold out very fast. And then I think some of it might be showing up this fall. I don't exactly have the details on that, but that was very exciting. And then 
Um, if you're into the pops, today on, uh, I, I believe it was actually yesterday on Funko Shop, and then today on Amazon, the Sith Jet Trooper Funko Pop went live. It's probably gone now. Um, and then Gentle Giant went absolutely crazy with their announcements. They have a bunch of busts that are up, including a like prototype Boba Fett bust with an interchangeable head, which as soon as I saw it, it was sold out. Um, they've got a Clone Wars Anakin bust, which is really cool. It'll go with the Obi-Wan that they already had announced. And then there's a really cool um, Baby Yoda, the child, sitting in a chair. It's like a Aww. mini statue. I think that one's 220 bucks or 225 With the, He's got his little shifter knob in his hand and everything. Um, there is a ton of announcements out there. I highly recommend going to search for it. Um, and Hot Toys, like on Sideshow, they just announced uh, Clone Wars Anakin, who's standing right next to an Obi-Wan, which they haven't, I don't believe, officially announced yet, but he's in the background of the Anakin pictures, so I think they're going to start going kind of crazy with the Clone Wars Hot Toys, which to me means Ahsoka's coming soon, which will be kind of crazy if that yes. happens. Yeah. Sold out in a hot minute. <laughs> yep. So, very exciting. A ton of new collectibles were announced and uh, obviously put up for pre-order this week. And being a collector myself, I'm very excited about that, even though I missed out on some of them. But got to take the good with the bad, I guess. And Jesse, speaking of bad, the next Star Wars movie got pushed back another year. So, I know. COVID kind of continues to screw us. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 2020 has not been the year um, for anybody, I don't think. Um, but it, it's, I think this was kind of expected. Everything's paused. Everything in the world is paused. There's no production happening on anything. So it's to be expected that everything would get put into a delay. I know Marvel had a bunch of delays for movies they had coming out. So everything's changing. It's to be expected at these times. Yeah. Well, I know they want to continue with the December releases, and I think they're going to still do 2023, 2025, and 2027 is the schedule currently for the next Star Wars movies. So, um, But in the meantime, granted it's over three years away now for the next movie, uh, but we'll have the Bad Batch and Mando continuing on. Hopefully we'll still have Cassian and Kenobi in the meantime, and all that other goodness that uh, has already been announced. All right, let's go ahead and begin our main topic of discussion, and that is talking about some of our favorite Star Wars creatures. And Jesse, this was kind of your idea, and when you first told me about it, I wasn't sure if we were going to do like our personal favorite creatures or like creatures that had an impact in Star Wars. And I think, at least for my list... I picked mostly creatures that I feel like had a huge impact in Star Wars, but then I I can never keep my favorite creature off any creature list, so <laughs> I had to throw that in there. But That's completely understandable. I think I pretty much did the same thing. I have a creature that I just can't not involve in any creature conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, Star Wars has an abundance of very iconic, very crazy creatures that are basically in almost every movie. I mean, 
some of the more recent creatures haven't had as big of a part to play you know like the the vexus in the rise of skywalker or like the boar gullet in rogue one they kind of just are there for a little quick scene and then they're done even the raftars and the force awakens were kind of in just that one scene but that's okay i mean some of these creatures are are really iconic and very impressive looking uh whether it be cgi or you know a model or whatever it was and doing my research today i found some interesting sort of behind the scenes things about some of these creatures but uh before i start jesse why don't you give us one of your first creatures so my first creature is going to be no surprise the convor um i i just absolutely love this creature mostly because of its relation to ahsoka tano um but also just there's so much like there was so much intrigue with the convor that you know was always there when ahsoka was there and rebels and and we even see you know the convor in some of ahsoka's journeys in the original clone wars um which is cool to look back on now but um starting off you know the convor was just kind of like a common pet in the galaxy we didn't really see it as a pet very often but it's you know, we've seen it wild, you know, on that Trandoshan moon where Ahsoka was captured with the other Jedi Padawans um, in, I think it was called Padawan Lost. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting that I found out that the Convor was actually named um, after Dave Filoni's wife. Yeah. Her, and her name is E. Anne Con- Convery or Convo- Convery, maybe. So I would pronounce it. Um, so he got that from her last name, which is really cool. Um, and I think I read somewhere a long time ago that her favorite animal in general is the owl. So he wanted to bring an owl-like creature into the Clone Wars um, in her honor, which I thought was really cool and very sweet. Um, and then, all, uh, of course, the convert is iconic because of its relation to Ahsoka. Um, and as the guide of Ahsoka basically through the daughter, which um, today when I was re, you know, watching um, Rebels and the world between worlds, I was re-watching it for probably the a millionth time, but this time I, I turned on subtitles and I don't know if I just forgot this or if I had never heard it or never seen it before, but as like when Morai comes down after Ezra saves Ahsoka and she's like, oh, this is Morai. And Ezra's like, Morai? She's like, oh, you know, it's someone that um, I owe my life to. She's an old friend. And as Ahsoka's saying that, at, at, literally at the same time, if you put the subtitles on, because it's very difficult to hear, but you can hear the daughter's voice saying, and it shows in the subtitles, I am the daughter, like at the exact same time. So Wow. I didn't yeah. notice that. That's cool. Like it's definitely something that's alluded to, and it's pretty clear that that is, you know, that in some way represents the daughter, but that I thought was crazy that it's just said exactly at the exact moment um, when you're watching the subtitles. And you can even hear it, like if you listen really close, you can hear the daughter's voice, which is awesome. So it's kind of confirmed, I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> that really cool. Yeah, I, I was really surprised today when I saw that. Um, and what else? Oh, we also, not only in relation to Ahsoka, um, but we also hear of uh, Jedi Master Lean Castana, uh, 
uh, from the, uh, what is it, Dooku, what yeah. was it called? Jedi Lost. Was it just Dooku? Yes, Jedi Lost. Um, she also favored condors and had convors and had multiple as pets. Um, notably Colleen, which was named after the goddess of wisdom, which I also thought was very like Morai, the daughter E um, in nature. And she also, there was also like a force connection relationship that she had with her convoys where she had them trained and they would help her in like battle practically. Um, so I just thought that was, I just, I just love the convoys because they have that. I think a lot of Star Wars creatures do have some kind of a force connection that maybe just is from them being more natural more carefree you know how we say our animals our cats and our dogs are more connected to the spirit um in a way i think that's kind of you know the same way we've pulled star wars creatures into the force um i think they're kind of revered in that way and i think the convert is just one of those that just happens to pop up more um when you're talking about the force yeah when I think to the convoy, I think about the noise that it makes because it almost, and they put it in at just the, the perfect moments. Like, I just remember Ezra laying down on Adalon at the rebel base, looking up before they decide to go to um, Malachor. And he's just on his back looking up into the sky. And all of a sudden you see the convoy like flying around in circles. And you hear that like, it's not a squawk. Or a screech. I don't know what the best way to to describe its sound, but it's like it's like a bird sound, and I'm not going to attempt to yeah, do it because no. you guys would be <laughs> laughing for 45 minutes. But um, you know, it makes the convoy sound, and then all of a sudden, like Ahsoka's head pops up out of nowhere, you know, just like from yep. the corner of the screen and stuff. But I love that because it puts you in just I don't know. It just like it almost gives me goosebumps because you know it's a serious moment. And they're about to, you know, maybe not come back ever, you know, they could be losing their lives. And that's when they're really trying to get Kane into like, say goodbye to Hera and vice versa or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden you hear like the convoy sound and he's flying around. Um, or she's flying around. But, you know, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool how they, they put that convoy sound in like the perfect spots to just let you know that it's still there, you know? Yeah, and I don't remember if it makes a sound at the very end of season seven, but it's there too. Like it, it's like one of the very last things you see for the Clone Wars right before you watch Vader walk away through that, you know, clone trooper visor is that convoy circling Vader as he's like looking down yeah. at their like destroyed ship. Yeah. So it's just a very iconic creature of the uh, definitely of the animated series as series 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 for sure (laughs) yeah and you have an ahsoka mini statue coming with uh she's like holding up more eye which is pretty cool i'm so excited that's the most beautiful statue i've ever seen in my life i can't wait (laughs) for it to be mine nice yep should be september for that one well, I think for me, um, I had to choose something a little bit more disgusting and menacing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't have any reason to it, but I've always loved Rancors. And I think just because that scene in episode six is just so like, 
oh my gosh, he just ate Piggy, and then Luke is like trying to <laughs> run for his life. He doesn't have his lightsaber because R2 has it. You know, he's got drool hanging out of his mouth. Like, it's just really disgusting. And a lot of the collectibles, you know, Gentle Giant and Sideshow, they, they do a great job of conveying the drool coming out of his mouth, and it's just <laughs> gross. And I just, I've always liked Rancors. And, and people have asked me, well, if you didn't have, like, an Anakin or a Ray focus, what would you do? And for your collection, I, I always say Rancors because they're kind of obscure, you know, but I still, I just like the way that they look. Um, and I don't know why I said this, but when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, I was all drugged up. And I don't know if I was just thinking about teeth or what, but I was definitely not with it. And my parents were like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel like a rancor, you know, I'm like, oh my God, what? <laughs> It's so, actually a pretty accurate description of what it feels like to get yeah. your wisdom out. <laughs> like all the gauze hanging out of your mouth yeah. is like blood and drool. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I have no recollection of saying that, but that's what I told them. <laughs> but So, yes, rancors, I really like them. There's a bunch of different like subspecies of rancors. Um, the average height is 14 feet, which is pretty tall. And most of them can be found on Dathomir. That's their home planet. We do get to see a jungle rancor in the Clone Wars. I believe it's season two in the Bounty Hunters episode when Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan sort of crash land. And then they have to help the, the farmers against the pirates. Um, but when they first hit the ground, before they see the smoke and de determine that there are living beings, you see these like big jungle rancors walking through and uh, they're just like, oh dear, those are big or something like that. You know, they don't really like interact with them at all ever. But those ones are cool. I like the regular Rancors better. Um, like Jabba's Rancor, which I actually just found out today had a name. And his name was Patisa. Oh. Which the Rancor Keeper Malakili was really upset when Patisa died. But some cool things uh, behind the scenes wise related to the Rancor that maybe not everybody knows is that when asked about um, sort of a description for a Rancor, people who were working on the creature described it as a combination between a bear and a potato. Oh, no. <laughs> and I as you think that. about that, you're like, yep, that's a bear and a potato. It's yeah. <laughs> um, a very scary potato. Yeah, and they were originally going to have a person be inside the outfit, and then they decided to make it more of like like a model slash you know puppet to to give it that size, um, which I think they did a really good job, especially back in the eighties. So there's some there's some interesting behind the scenes stuff with the Rancor, and anytime I see Rancor stuff, I I have to get it, whether it be just like a you know a latex rubber like. I guess plushy that you would find or little animal at like Disney or whatever. Like I just, I have to get all the Rancor stuff. They're definitely, it's probably that scene in Jabba's palace is probably one of the most like gruesome to me. Like it always kind of freaked me out. Cause he, you know, eats that Twi'lek first. You don't even get to see it, but it like cut me to the core. I feel like every time I watch it and then to see it just get like its head cracked open at the end. And then I, and then you feel bad for it. Cause the guy's crying and it's, yeah, 
I don't yeah. know. The Rancors. They, it's like you you love you hate them and then you love them. That's for me at least. They scare the crap out of me and then I like ah, I feel bad for that poor Rancor keeper. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Rancor's probably starving. Jabba probably doesn't kill that many people. I mean, maybe he does. Oh. I don't know. But, and then when the little, like, spike door goes through its head and it's, like, makes that, like, whimpering, like, dog whimper almost. It's like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> What'd you do, Luke? <laughs> yeah. Luke is the villain in the Rancor story. Yeah. But love rancors. What's your second one? My second one is the Tuca cat. Um, and I chose the Tuca cat because it's become kind of this like symbol of what makes a planet look Star Warsy, in my opinion. I feel like they're popping up everywhere now. Like we saw we started really seeing them in um Rebels a lot with the Loth cat, which is a subspecies of the Tuca cat. Um, and then, you know, it, there it was a lot of big parts to the Tuca cat and the Loth cat in, um, in Rebels, which I'll get to. But I just think it's very cool that now we're seeing it even it's at Batuu in Galaxy's Edge. It's like part of like what they've used as like their design of the place to to be like, get you in the Star wars you mood. Same thing for the Mandalorian. We have the child come across a loth cat. Um, almost which, get eaten. Almost get eaten, yeah. He's face to face, the little poor child. Um, the angry loth cat. Um, I just think it's cool that it's kind of become, you know, what it is, which is a cat, a common, a common feral cat. It could be, uh, you know, a house cat. It's just what you know, a little, you know, domesticated or feral animal that is scattered across the galaxy that lets you know you're in the world of Star Wars, Um, which I think it's really cool that it's become, you know, a creature of that nature. Um, But like I was saying earlier, um, Tuca cats are just commonly found across the galaxy. They can be kept as pets or as pest hunters. Um, And the subspecies, the Loth cat, was especially important to Ezra's story, where most notably the white loth cat, which is what I think made the loth cat an an icon, really, Um, which is, you know, connecting, again, that force connection that the white loth cat had. Um, And white loth cats are the least common of the different colorations that two cats and loth cats can have. Loth cats tend to be more like brownish and tannish in color. Tuca cats can be like crazy colors, like purple and blue. And they have, you know, these uh, ears that have stripes on them. So tuca cats are like a little bit more crazy, a little bit more galaxy looking. Then you've got the subspecies loth cat that look a little bit more domesticated. And then the rare white loth cat which even became a hashtag amongst the star wars community towards you know the end of rebels hashtag follow the white loth cat um because he appeared to ezra in visions um when it came to trying to lead ezra to his parents um eventually leading them to find Ryder azadi um and later helping them find the loth wolves um, as well as seen again, um, it was seen multiple, so many more times, I think, too, it, uh, throughout Rebels. But and again, most notably for me is at the end of uh, 
season four where Sabine, you know, passes the white loft cat and goes to meet Ahsoka. Um, so it's just another one of those creatures that seems to have a purpose in the force that the force is using to, you know, as a vessel to kind of lead important people to where they need to be, um, such as Ezra. And I think that is what kind of makes um, the Tuka cat kind of iconic in a way. Yeah. Um, not only that, just their commonality, but their connection, their ability to have that connection through the force. What is that saying that Ezra does? It's like eeny, meeny, miny, mo almost. It's like Lothcat, Lothrat, Loth, yeah. Loth, Run, or something like that. I love that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I I really like the, the Tuka cats. I, I remember some of the, you know, well-known scenes from, from Clone Wars, even with them in, in Coruscant, and you have, like, you know, Ventress and Ahsoka working together in the final arc of Season 5, where she leaves the Order and they kind of go their separate ways, but all of a sudden you see, like, you know, a horned figure shadow walking yeah. toward, and it turns out it's not Ahsoka, it's a little Tuka cat just kind of following her, you know? Then, of course, yes. Barris smashes Ventress in the face with a pipe right after that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really do think they're, they're very Star Wars, it seems like, now. Yes. Well, for my second creature, I chose one that isn't necessarily my favorite creature, but I do think that it has a huge part to play in the Star Wars universe. And this is a creature that we just got recently, or semi-recently, in Star Wars, and that is the Pergil. Now, the Pergil are those space whales that are kind of a combination of, like, a whale, a squid, and like a stingray or something. I mean, they, they've got the big tentacles in the back, and, and you know, they look like a whale, just kind of flying around through space. Whale octopus. A whale octopus, yeah. <laughs> um, but what makes these creatures really cool is they actually have the ability to travel through hyperspace, and they inspired sentience to develop the hyperspace technology. Which, I mean, that is basically in every Star Wars movie, in every Star Wars book, in everything Star Wars, you jump through hyperspace, you know, you, you pull the right. lever and you go. And so these creatures, you know, they have the ability to do that, and that's something that we first get introduced to in Rebels, is these Pergil flying through hyperspace, and I just find it funny that... Hera, you know, somebody who loves flying so much just hates these things that sort of inspired the hyperspace travel because so many pilots have lost their lives to either one, having the Purgle get too close to their ship in regular space, in subspace, or crashing into Purgle through the hyperspace lanes. <laughs> like, right. They're like deer. Even... She didn't even like they are like deer. That's so funny. But she didn't even, like she didn't even believe the legend at first. Like that she didn't even believe that they could travel through hyperspace cuz that yeah. moment at the end of that episode where they're all like it's true when they actually get to see it happen. I thought it was cool that I was just like a, like a legend told that nobody's ever really seen happen that they got to witness. Yeah. And what allows them to go into hyperspace is the gas. So we see from close on 36, they sort of just like gulp up that gas and that allows them to go to hyperspace. So it's almost like they are a vehicle in a way because they need gas to go zoom zoom, you know? Um, <laughs> That's true. 
But I think the most interesting thing about the Pergil is what they contribute to at the end of Rebels, right? I mean, we still have no idea what's going on with Thrawn. We have no idea where him and Ezra are. And the last thing we saw was sort of that prophecy from the Bendu saying that he's going to be surrounded by um, many arms in a cold embrace, and then they jump to hyperspace, right? Yep. And so we don't know where they are, what's happening, but the Purgle, I feel like, still have a big part to play in Thrawn and Ezra. And I can't wait till we get that story. You know, we keep getting all these stories, and yet one of the biggest question marks in our heads is what happened to Thrawn and Ezra, and that still hasn't been explained yet. Yep, that final image has to be one of the most iconic images of Star Wars Rebels, and there's just no way that the story ends there. Like, it's just impossible for them to not continue something that interesting. Like, they'd be crazy not to explore that down the line. Yeah. All right, well, we each picked three creatures. We've done two each. It's down to our last creature. What's your third one? So my final creature... Um, which is probably the creature that, to me, is the most iconic to Star Wars um, when I'm just overall thinking of what first creature pops into my head at all times um, is the Wampa. Um, (laughs) I love Wampas. We commonly, when we go to trivia with you and our friends, um, we are the Wampinators when we do do trivia as a team together. And anytime we don't know the answer to a question, the answer is a wampa. Um, (laughs) Not that we don't know the answers very often, but it's one of my favorite things to answer when I don't know a trivia question. Um, But anyways, about wampas, um, they stand at about three meters tall, and they are known as carnivores, obviously. Um, And something that I thought was funny that someone, you know, went into depth to think about, you know, their... um, their survival in the wild they were talking online about how you know their white fur is to blend into their snowy environments um, allowing them to be able to sneak up on their prey which are tauntauns which are much much faster than a big gangly wampa Um, so their their white fur kind of serves as a camouflage to allow them to sneak up on the tauntauns and I can just picture like a wampa like <laughs> slowly creeping around like a snowbank. <laughs> right. They don't strike me as stealth creatures. They don't, but apparently they are. Yeah. Um, and even early concepts, um, when they were just kind of conceptualizing what the wampa might be in early story conversations, um, apparently the original character for the wampa um, was supposed to have supernatural powers and the ability to swim through snow like a fish um which i think would have made them infinitely scarier um if that had been the end result for the wampas um because that would be traumatizing right to have that just pop out of the snow i mean it pretty much did for luke yeah i was actually just thinking about that as you were talking and maybe it did swim (laughs) (laughs) maybe but luke actually had come a decent way you know, between the end of A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, we see him that he's able to use the Force to, to call his lightsaber to him, you know, and even some just, like, he's grown a little bit in the way of the Force, you know, and he wasn't able to sense, now granted, he still had a lot of training to go, so this could just be a lack of training on his part, but 
the Tauntaun recognized that the Wampa was coming before Luke did. You know? Right. He's yeah. like, what's the matter? You smell something? And then he gets hammered. So, <laughs> you know, I feel like the Wampas may have some sort of, like, really crazy stealth abilities. Yeah. It would make sense. Um, additionally, the Wampers... The, I'm having issues Wampers. talking today. The Wampers <laughs> roar. <laughs> the Wampas roar um, is a sound mix of an elephant mixed with a crying sea lion. So if anybody was wondering how they made that terrifying roar, that was how. Interesting. Um, and some people even believe that the Wampa storyline was added. Again, this is just a rumor. This is something that people believe. Um, it was that due to a car accident that Mark Hamill had um, prior to filming Empire Strikes Back, um, that he had suffered some injuries for, they think that that was kind of the reason they had the Wampa attack him um, yeah. to kind of camouflage that. So I don't know if that was true or not, but that's what some people think. I don't know if there's any merit to that story. Well, I know, yeah, I, I, I have heard that. I have heard that he got in a car accident and he had, like, scars on his face and stuff, and I don't know if that's why they felt like they needed to put a Wampa in the movie or if they just wanted the Wampa to hit him in the face. Instead. Right. I don't know. Specifically to cover that up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But um, but apparently there was supposed to originally be more to um, more than what we saw in Empire Strike Back for the Wampas. They were supposed to appear a couple more times. Um, they were supposed to have been, you know, attracted by the Tauntauns that were domesticated on Echo Base. Um, they were supposed to be, you know, commonly attacking the base and eating the the domesticated tauntauns yeah in their heads, um which would have been sad to see but they actually filmed scenes for that um as well as they filmed other scenes of wampas like destroying like tunnels and attacking rebels um which would have been kind of cool added to like all that commotion of them evacuating echo base um as well as another deleted scene where apparently there's a door labeled Wampa Pen in Orabesh, um, has like a big yellow sign that when they're being attacked by the snowtroopers, the 3PO just pulls the sign off the door and, and the snowtroopers <laughs> run in there and get attacked by the Wampas. I would have really loved to see that. Maybe it's on some deleted scene somewhere that you can find in the delves of the internet or if somebody has an old copy of something that shows deleted scenes. I'd love to see that. That'd be yeah, hilarious. I know in some of the older video games, um, when you play on Hoth, I know for Shadows of the Empire for sure, when you're on Hoth, you play as Dash Rendar and you go through different parts of Echo Base, you have to take out Wampas. So I think, you know, even in some of the video games, you have to fight them on Echo Base. So it's cool. Yeah, I just, I, I find them to be really iconic. I think you don't get to capture Luke Skywalker and not become a legend. Um, they have a great name. It's a Wampa. And <laughs> we would have lost Han Solo early on as part of the rebellion if uh, a Wampa didn't take Luke. So I think we have to appreciate them. Yeah, definitely. I like <laughs> a lot of the merchandise, too, because some of the merchandise that they've done, even plushies and things, like the Wampa's arm is, like, velcro so it, like falls off oh no yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah they do some really creative things with some of the creatures 
Alright, for my final creature, I decided to go with the Loth Wolf. Now, when I was doing my research, I found out some very interesting tidbits about the Loth Wolf. And I know when we were kind of looking at this, our goal was to pick non-sentient creatures. And I found it kind of interesting that the Rancor is actually considered, as I was I was looking through uh, the internet, because I did all my research while I was on my lunch at work today, that Rancors are actually considered semi-sentient, because I think, I think some of the ones on Felucia that were like domesticated by some of the Felucians might have been able to... I don't know. I think somehow they were like, yeah. Or maybe the Night Sisters. Night Sisters can domesticate them as well. Maybe. So maybe it's some kind of like magic thing. But anyway, the Loth Wolf are the Loth Wolves are considered sentient because they can speak basic. Now we had that one scene with um, Doom, that huge one in Ezra. I think I haven't watched that episode in a while, but I think he was speaking basic to Ezra. Yeah, he just said, I don't remember if he said anything else, but I, he, he said, he physically said Doom. Yeah, he said his name and then, yeah. But, um, yeah, so they are considered sentient. They don't speak a lot. And so I was like, I don't know if I want to pick these guys since they're sentient and that wasn't the point. But I think they're non-sentient enough for us to discuss them i think so yeah and these ones are kind of i feel like both some of my favorite creatures in star wars and also some of the most important creatures in star wars because they play a huge role in what happens in rebels and the story that we get on lothal they are considered the guardians of the light side they have a special connection to the force and for a while, much like the Jedi, they were believed to be myths. They were believed to be, you know, extinct or, or something that doesn't exist anymore. And we get to see a bunch of them resurface in um, in Rebels. And as I was reading, they talk a little bit about how the Lothwolves could tell that the Empire was darkness coming to their planet. And these Lothwolves would be running through the plains and they'd be free if it weren't for the Empire... And so that's why they end up helping these rebels rid the planet of the Imperial Darkness. So I thought that was kind of cool. And um, as we see throughout Rebels, they are able to cross through the world between worlds. And as that portal opens, it's got the wolves running around in circles. Um, And they can transport themselves from hemisphere to hemisphere. So they've got some crazy powers, and um, you know, myself, I own huskies. Of course, huskies aren't wolves, but um, they Pretty sometimes close. look like wolves. <laughs> and I've always, I've always liked that look. I've always liked the look of a wolf, and so um, it was awesome that Dave put the loath wolves in there because I know he's a huge fan of wolves as well. And so it makes perfect sense, and they were able to fit it in with a loth cat. Of course, if there's a loth cat, there's going to be not necessarily a loth a loth dog, but a loth wolf. So <laughs> I think Only they're pretty sense. awesome. Yeah, yeah, they they are awesome. I love every animal that I think all creatures have a connection to the force in the same way as you know all living beings have a connection to the force but it's always cool to see the force like work like in a specialized way through certain creatures and i think the lothwolves 
are like the only creature that has like a crazy special power like that. Maybe the Purgles too, because they can, you know, do, do hyperspace travel. But to to literally travel through space, like not outer space space, but through like physical yeah. space on a planet without, you know, just literally straight through the planet. Like that's that's something outside of unheard of in Star Wars um, beyond them, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and I thought the connection with Kanan too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Kanan's name is Caleb Doom, and then of course you have this big Lothwolf named Dune. I thought was was really a great way to kind of incorporate the two of them together like that, and. As I was, you know, as as you were talking, I was thinking about like, like the force and how it works and how it works in creatures and stuff. And I was thinking, remembering back to Rebels, and everything that happened with Kanan. But I was like, oh, I forgot that one of the Lothwolves. I think it might have been the White Lothwolf. Um, just totally like knocks out Sabine. He like, sp- like uh, it's almost like. He just puts her to sleep with a powder or something, and she just like yeah. falls asleep right away, you know. So there's like some his crazy things wasn't for her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love them, and it also makes me think of um, that Ahsoka quote from World Between Worlds, where they're talking about you know Morai and Ezra's mentioning the Lothwolf and and Kanan, and Ahsoka says there are ways those who have passed on may still guide or influence the living. And she's talking about through the force, um, obviously. So it's just, yeah. it's cool. They did a fantastic job incorporating them into Star Wars. And one of my favorite lines in all of Star Wars, and definitely in Rebels, is as they're having that big battle at the end and the wolves are helping them against the Empire. I don't remember. I think it was Gregor that said it. He was talking to Wolf, and he's like, hey, you got your wolf pack back, you know? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. You have your wolf pack back, you know? No. So, that was pretty cool. We would love to know, to all of our listeners and people who follow Twin Suns Outpost, what are your favorite Star Wars creatures? It could be a, a just a, a preference. You just like a certain creature better, maybe the way they look, maybe the way they act, maybe something they do in the film, or... Something like the Pergil, who, not necessarily my favorite, but it has a big impact in the Star Wars universe. So we'd like to know what your guys' favorite creatures are. And we did get a few people. um, I put out a post earlier today asking people what some of their favorite Star Wars creatures are, and a few of you answered. Um, So if you don't mind, I'll read those really quick now. Um, Sean Wars said pergil any animal that can live in space is awesome but being able to travel through hyperspace means they take the cake even in a galaxy far far away it shows the strength of nature slash force and he included an awesome picture of the pergil um and then rural farm boy uh said how's about muniacs from jellicoon from lost stars jellican maybe from lost stars that's a deep cut there. That's that's yeah. nice. <laughs> I haven't read that book in a long time, so I have to go back and see what those creatures were. Um, and then Ress said Varactyls, and in parentheses, Boga. Yeah. 
I like the uh, Varactyls. And I felt so bad for Boga when Boga just got blasted by Cody and the clones. Just hearing it screech as it's falling off the wall. Like, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many sad creature moments we've brought up in this episode. Yep. Um, and then um, another fellow podcast, Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast, commented, not my favorite, but don't forget the Sando Aqua Monster. He's a jacked up fish. <laughs> and he included a great picture of the very, very muscular fish-like monster. There's always a bigger fish. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's you. everyone, so thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for, for uh, joining in on our convo. And if you're just listening to this now and, and uh, want to let us know some of your favorite creatures, definitely feel free to to send us a message or comment on our posts. We have a lot of really exciting things coming up. We have our Twin Sons Outpost Book Club podcast, which is going to be out next week. Or actually, by the time this airs, it'll probably be on Thursday. So probably this week. We'll have our TSO Book Club podcast discussing Shadow Fall, which I've really been and I've really been enjoying quite a bit. We are also going to be going into August here shortly, and we're taking a break in our book club, and so we'll just be focusing on How's Your Star Wars and Space Buns, which is very exciting. Jesse, I don't think we've announced what our next subject for space buns is so do you want to tell everyone what we're going to be talking about on that our next space buns episode is going to be all about everybody's favorite space mom Hera. i'm really excited to to dive into our favorite space mom yep definitely a huge part in star wars rebels and star wars as we continue on um with some of the other expanded universe books which i'm very excited about as well Jesse, before we go, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the same handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right. And if you guys are looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to episode 177 of Twin Suns Transmission. We'll see you next time, and as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Air Master, Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hut. Point on, how do we?
Thank you, and my attorney is here.